Welcome to Grace in Action, presented by Word of His Power Faith Christian Center, where lives are changed and people are blessed. Thanks for tuning in. Our pastors, Drs. Jay and Sarah J. Araman, preach a bold, faith-filled, life-altering, miracle-manifesting message. Prepare for a word that you can apply to your daily life, no matter what you're going through. And now it's time for this week's message from Dr. J. Araman. Jesus came as a man. He lived without sin. Not because he was the son of God. He had, his body had no sin, so he had that power. The body could not be killed. But he lived without sin. That means he exercised. He lived with a clear conscience. And Jesus died on the cross for us to have a life without, you know, any of this defilement in your life. And you and I are called to live a life with a clear conscience. And like Paul, we have to exercise. Exercise involves doing something. Like in the natural, if you say, I'm going to exercise, means you have got to move. You have got to move in the natural with some weights and resistance and running and walking. That is exercise. Same way in the spiritual realm, you have got to exercise, move by faith. You have got to move believing God's word daily for your life. Move with listening to what God's word says. You know, not occasionally, but you have to discipline yourself. Paul says he did it. That means... You and I can do it also. For example, let us see the good side of the good conscience. Go with me to one chapter ahead in Acts, the 23rd chapter. See, Paul says here, and Acts 23, 1 says, And Paul earnestly beholding the council said, Men and brethren, I have lived in, a, in all good conscience before God, until this day. So he's talking about a good conscience. And the same Paul is writing in 1 Timothy 1.5. Let us go to 1 Timothy 1.5. 1 Timothy 1.5, Paul says, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. So he's talking about a pure heart a good conscience. And then in Hebrews 13th chapter, Hebrews 13, 18, it says here, pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. So your good conscience and honest honesty goes together. You must make every effort to live an honest life. Honest before God and honest to yourself. And not, some people are honest conveniently. Sometimes they are honest, sometimes they are not honest. Not like that. But you should make an effort to live an honest life. And then again, in 1 Timothy 3, 9, I want you to see something. Paul writes about having a clear, clean conscience. 1 Timothy 3, 9. 1 Timothy 3, 9 says... Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. Then again, in 2 Timothy 1.3, he repeats the same thing. 2 Timothy 1.3 says, I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers, 
with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. So here the Bible talks about a good conscience, a pure conscience, a clear conscience, a clean conscience. So what is that? What does he mean by that? Because see, if your heart is contaminated, that is if your conscience is all defiled and like we said earlier, if it is hard, God, even though he talks, you are not able to hear because there is a blocking. So God says you maintain a pure conscience. Pure means what? What is pure? See, pure means clear without any impurities. Go with me to Revelation 21. I'll show you something there. Revelation 21 says here, while build, talking about building, this is talking about heaven and building the new Jerusalem where you and I are going to be living. So there, God is saying here, Revelation 21.18 says, And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. The Amplified Version says, The wall was built of jasper, while the city itself was of pure gold, clear and transparent like glass. So here, all of us have seen gold. When you talk about gold on earth, it looks like some yellow metal, right? On earth, the gold is yellow because it has got impurities. But in heaven, the gold is pure gold, transparent like glass. So that is that gold nobody has seen unless you have gone to heaven. So there, God, why is calling gold gold as it is is pure metal? But then in heaven, he says the the thing is made of gold, pure gold, like unto glass. He says that means that gold in heaven is so transparent. When you walk around, everything is so clean because God is a holy God and He lives in a, such a beautiful place. There the gold is transparent and clear. That means in heaven from any place you can see God and hear God. So that is the same word used in Timothy when Paul wrote about having a clean and a pure, pure conscience. He's talking about the same word is used in the Greek. So he's talking about you should have a conscience clear like that gold in heaven, that means so clear that you are able to see the other side. What is the meaning of that? Holy Spirit is living inside of you. If your conscience is pure and clear, then you will be able to see God in, inside you and you will be able to hear Him clearly. That's what Paul is saying. That is the same thing Jesus said in Matthew, the fifth chapter. He said, blessed are those who are pure in heart. What will happen? They shall wear clean clothes. That's not what he said. He said, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. See, with a clear heart, you can see God and hear God. So Paul is telling, maintain a clear conscience. How do we do that? Because you have to understand the moment after you are being a born-again believer, the moment you sin, your conscience will prick. Your voice, your conscience will say, what you did is right or wrong. The conscience operate by knowing and seeing. What is sin? See, sin, there are so many different definitions, but in James 5.17 5, it says, 
to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. That means sin is violation of light. That means sin means you violating what you see and what you know to be right. And if you don't do it, then it is sin to you. It may not be sin to others, but you know something in your heart. For example, whether you are a Christian or non-Christian, it doesn't matter. You know stealing is wrong. Right? You know stealing is wrong. So, if you do... Some people, you know, they think, oh, I, I, I got this, I'm addicted, I, I got this weakness, I'm kleptomaniac, something, they put labels. That is wrong. When you, you even accidentally you take, your heart will start saying, this is not yours, it doesn't belong to you, don't do that. See, when conscience is talking like that, you are supposed to yield to that or respond to what your heart says and say, okay, this is wrong, I will not do. If you don't, Listen to that. What happens is, how do I explain? You get a feeling inside like something is not okay. Like I call it yucky feeling. You feel like something is kind of scratching you. And many times when the conscience is speaking, if you overrule and if you override what your own conscience is saying, then your conscience becomes hard. It becomes now smeared with all those sin, and that is why it is called defiled or besmeared. So if your conscience gets constantly smeared by your own actions, then you cannot see God clearly, you cannot hear God clearly. So here he says, when sin is violation of what you know, see you hear in the Bible, you come to church constantly every, every Sunday or every service, you hear not only from your pastor, but any minister coming, telling you the truth and what, is, what the Bible says. So over the period, you know what the Bible says. You may not remember everything, but the moment in that area, if you go and violate that, that means you know what the Bible says, you see what the Bible says, the the moment you violate what you know or what you see, then that creates problem. Then your conscience says, what you did now is wrong. How do we know that? Because, we'll, let us see some example. Go with me to 1 Samuel, the 24th chapter. 1 Samuel, 24th chapter. Here is an example how the conscience works. See, in this passage, in this whole chapter, you find David was already anointed as king by prophet Samuel. He was already anointed a king. David was a God-fearing man. And in 24th chapter, you find that that Saul, the king of, who heard so many good reports about David, he gets mad. He wants to kill David. Because everybody is saying David is good. David, you know, is such a nice, wonderful warrior. So, if you read in 1 Samuel 24, the first verse says, Saul took 3,000 men to search David so that he can capture him and kill him. And it is like in the modern time, Saul sent his rangers, the marines, the army, 
the you know air force everybody to catch one man that is the passage in 1 Samuel 24 so david was hiding with his men in a cave and you find saul who was searching david goes there and he doesn't know david and his men are inside the cave so saul the bible says went to relieve himself there and there david's men told tells david hey david king saul is there we can go and kill him right now and that has been prophecies before this passage if you read the up to 23 chapter in 1 samuel there was a prophecy where god tells david i will you know deliver thine enemies in thine hand so the men of god the david's men they know about this prophecy and they are telling david hey the prophecy has come true here is saul standing and we are behind him he doesn't know we are here so the lord said he will deliver him in our hands so david go let's go and kill him but see david's heart was different so david didn't want to kill him you say why we are going to see in this passage david it says in in the fifth, the fifth verse see let us read from verse number 5 onwards 1 Samuel 24:5 and it came to pass afterward let us read verse number 4 and the men of david said unto him behold the day of which the lord said unto thee behold i will deliver thine enemy in thine hand and thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee then david arose and cut off the skirt of saul's robe privately see he goes instead of killing him he cuts off the piece of a robe from him to show him later see i could have killed you but i just got a piece of your skirt it says here it came to pass afterward that is after david cut off the piece of his skirt that david's heart smote him because he had cut off his saul's skirt and he said unto his men the lord forbid that i should do this thing unto my master the lord's anointed to stretch forth that mine hand against him seeing he is the anointed of the lord see in david's eyes he knows that saul was anointed as king by prophet samuel once you are anointed the anointing stays on you so saul was anointed so david knew he is anointed man of god so he says he is anointed man of god i will not touch him i will not harm him we need to understand that means so important to understand you want goodness of god in your life you should value these things and if you find you you know you should not speak against anointed man of god anointed preachers even though you may not like some of the things they do you are not supposed to talk and david was showing this and after he did, cut off his skirt his heart smote it says in niv the new international version the same scripture says in in the niv version 1 samuel 24 5 says afterward david was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe he said to his men the lord forbid that i should do such a 
think to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift up my hand against him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. Coming up next on Grace in Action. Gossipers, they are talking about something which they don't know. They don't have all the facts, but just stir up the dust. And if you gossip like that, if you are a person who keeps your heart clean and pure and tender, it will hurt you. It will tell you should not have said that. I didn't make this up. How does our conscience get defiled or muddied or hard? Doctors Jay and Sarah J. Raman have released a series of books on forgiveness, love, healing, salvation, and the latest edition, 12 Reasons to Speak in Tongues. Purchase these products at our church bookstore, and while you're here, pick up a free copy of our magazine. Service times are Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. It's power. It's power. Where lives are changed and people are blessed. And now... Back to grace and action. So you see, David's conscience pricked him. His conscience was stricken. This is not any violation of any Ten Commandments or anything. David sinned. He knew what to, that which he, he saw, what he has heard, that Saul is an anointed man. So when he went and even touched him, his heart, not see other men's heart are hardened. His people, other people who are with David, their hearts are hardened. They didn't think like David because David was always listening to God. So David's heart, he kept his heart tender and pure. So when he did something wrong, his heart told him. His men were telling him, come on David, kill him and with this, you know, we don't have to live in cave. We can be free. You, can, you will be the king and we will get good promotion. Like that they were thinking, men around David were hard-hearted people. But David was a tender-hearted, pure-hearted man. So he said, I will not harm. Let God vindicate me. See, anybody will, you know, in, in modern time, anybody will reason and say, hey, why not? God is the one who anointed David as king. He's already announced as king. Everybody knows. And yet David is waiting for God to physically remove Saul and then enter his throne. That is his attitude. Why? Because David kept his heart tender. David kept his heart pure. And he kept his conscience clear. So the moment he did something wrong, his heart, his conscience was stricken. Or The Bible says... He, his conscience was, uh, he got smote. So, you see, David, if you see David's life, he, he, every time he missed, every time his conscience pricked, what did he do? He repented. He said, Lord, what I did is wrong. I have sinned against you. I have sinned. Forgive me, Lord. So, David repented. David, apart from this, even though you know, this he calls it, I have, this is a sin I committed by cutting off his skirt. But if you see David's life, he has committed worse sin than this. With intellectual reasoning, if David killed, everybody will say, hey, he's the king. So he killed 
the other fellow, what is wrong in that? But David did not think, he was thinking like God himself. So David repented. That is why, you see, David, even he committed adultery, he committed murder. And yet, the Bible says, David is a man after God's own heart. That means, the remedy, when your conscience is pricking you, when you do something wrong and your conscience is pricking, remember this sin which, how did David know what he did was sin? His heart told him. Same way, if you are a believer, you don't have to know the entire Bible. The moment you miss it, your heart says you should not have done. People explain it away like, oh, I was embarrassed. No, you are not embarrassed. That something is telling you this, what is, this is wrong. People explain it away, oh, embarrassment or awkward feeling. It's not an awkward feeling. When you know, only you know and somebody else know that is God. Not anybody else. So God is telling, watch for that conscience. When it talks to you, immediately repent before God. Because God, Bible says, if you confess your sin, is faithful and forgive, is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So the moment you get that kind of pricking in your heart, you don't wait to come to church, you don't wait to go to some special place, then and there, remember this, repentance is a, is a New Testament word. Even though in the Bible you read, to repent means changing of the mind it will say in many translations. But the clear Greek meaning for repentance means to perceive afterwards. So whether you did right or wrong can be seen by you only afterwards. A lot of people when before they do something, they think what I'm going to about to do is right. That is what you think. But whether you are right or wrong, God knows. How do you know what you did? If it is right, you will feel, huh, this is something. For example, <clears throat> you go and help a stranger whom you don't even know. Somebody is in trouble. And you go and help out a stranger. When you help them and walk away, you, fe you feel, huh, something nice. How many of you understand? This is a wonderful experience. When you help somebody who you don't even know, you feel, because you did the right thing, you feel nice and strong. And the opposite of that is, if you go and do something which you are not supposed to do, and you did it anyway. Like for example, gossiping is sin. And you are not a, by habit, you are habitually you are not a gossiper. When two people were gossiping, you stood there. It was so enticing, you also joined and had some more. <coughs> See, gossip, most of the gossipers, they are talking about something which they don't know. They don't have all the facts, but just stir up the dust. And if you gossip like that, if you are a person who keeps your heart clean and pure and tender, it will hurt you. It will tell you should not have said that. I didn't make this up. How does our conscience get defiled or muddied or hard? Go with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I'll show you. Say, this is good. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Let us read from verse 27 onwards. Neither give place to the devil. 
let him that stole steal no more. This is writing to Christians. Remember, when you are in a workplace, in your office, stationery is not part of your salary. You don't just bring it home and say, hey, that is stealing. He said, let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. So that means you and I basically work to make money, not for ourselves, to give it away. You say, oh, if I give it away, what will happen? Oh, if you really believe the Bible, it says it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, the Bible says. So Bible says you and I work for so that we can meet somebody's need. Then it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. See, that means if you violate this and go ahead and Gossip, you are not saying anything, you know, to edify or build up somebody or minister grace to somebody. You just sowed, you know, seed with other people to hurt somebody else. So then he says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So, what you do in verse 29 and 30 and 31, no, verse 29 and 31, it grieves the Holy Spirit is inside you. When he is grieved, he is going to tell you, hey, this is not right. So then your conscience says, yeah, this is not right. But if you don't listen and repent, what happens is you will allow your, your conscience to get defiled. You will allow your conscience to get hard. And then you cannot hear God even though he's inside you. So he says, this is... How do we overcome? The next verse says, 32nd verse. And be a kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. So, you keep your heart tender by being kind. And not always talking harsh things about everybody, corrupt communication, all nonsense we speak. We have got to learn to stop all those things and allow our conscience to be tender uh, so that your conscience should be pure and clean. Because if you don't do that, Paul says, Paul himself who wrote two-thirds of the Bible, he says, I exercise and discipline myself. Right? If he exercises and discipline himself, you and I can do the same thing. It's an effort. Nowadays, you know, in the natural, they say, all of you, you know, you have to take care of your health. Nowadays, people are more health conscious, excepting the place where I went, you know. In southern Illinois, they are not yet health conscious. That is why they fed me with all, you know, coconut cream pie and banana pudding. And, you know, I think in two days, I put on 10 pounds and I will reduce it by Tuesday. That I know how to do that. But I'm telling, they are not health conscious but now for being health conscious, what they are telling, they say you have to walk. You have to run. You have to do some or kind of aerobic or kinds of exercise. That is to keep your body alright. How much more you have to keep your heart alright by exercising. So exercising means the moment your conscience is what you did is wrong, you don't wait to verify with others. Does this happen to you? 
Because see, when your conscience pricks, it is God is telling you, don't go in that direction. You will be disconnected from me. Then I cannot communicate with you. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. When they sinned, they got disconnected from God. God wants you to keep this way so that he can bless you. And the way out of to keep your conscience clean or clear is immediate repentance. Our teacher used to tell this, I wrote it in my, one of my Bible. You know, you be, in order to keep your conscience clear, you do these three things. Be quick to repent, quick to believe, quick to forgive. When you do that, then you can, you can keep your conscience clear so that you will not be involved in sin. Thank you for tuning into Grace in Action, brought to you by Word of His Power Faith Christian Center. We hope you got something from this week's word that you can apply to your daily life. You can look us up on Facebook or find us online at wohp.org. But we'd love to meet you in person. Come see Grace in Action for yourself at 112-4053 Meadowbrook Drive in London, Ontario. We're worth the drive. Word of His Power Faith Christian Center, where lives are changed and people are blessed. Are you looking for more Grace in Action? Like us on Facebook and check out our website at wohp.org for some exclusive content. Power, power. Where lives are changed and people are blessed.